Let's pray. We're going to jump into the Word this morning. Father, thank You for Your Word. We ask that You would speak to us, through us. We pray right now. Come on, pray with me for the Iron Man. We pray for every Iron Man out there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I got friends that might be probably biking right now. We pray that You would protect them. I pray for the couple, the children from Maine, uh, visitors here, that You would protect, be a firewall around them. Father, we lift up every one of them right now. Bless them, Lord. Bless this time. Send Your Word. Transform us from the inside out. God, we just thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here. Two or more are gathered, you're here. Thank you for the world changers uh, from this week. Thank you for our worship unto you. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, A new pastor was in town, started a new church. He was going door to door, putting cards handing them out and knocking on doors, putting them in the door. And on the back of the card, he wrote uh, Revelations 3.20. Well, uh, that Sunday, one of the guys uh, had got that card, and they came and came to church, and uh, he dropped the card in the offering plate. And on the back of the card, he had actually wrote Genesis 3.10. Well, Revelations 3.20, what the pastor wrote, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and hears, uh, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. The gentleman who received the car wrote Genesis three ten on the back. So he said, "I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself." Check this out. We're all in a race, not just the Ironman. We're all in this journey, pilgrimage of faith. And it's so vital that we recognize that. Uh, like this morning, those uh, racers are in different paces. The, the Ironman that stand with me is 69 years old, and he wants to compete next year at 70 and qualify for the Kona. Everyone's at different places in their faith, uh, different uh, paces in their faith. This weekend we emphasized Ironman. Last night we had a beautiful service, had a great turnout. Ironman, I preached toward that. You're going to hear a lot of that this morning. And then we prayed over the Ironman. Uh, today I'm representing uh, Jaeger, Joey Jaeger, and uh, we part with the church partially sponsored him. And then last night I wore uh, Dr. Ryan's shirt, uh, Summit Team, and we also got Dwight Shue that's uh, competing and well, you know, thousands others. Um, right uh, this morning, they started about 7 a.m. different times. But how many of you know that for them, it really didn't start at 7 a.m.? They've been preparing. They've been working. They've been for months and maybe even years getting ready. Today, I want to encourage you in your Iron Man of faith. I think we agree that it really doesn't matter how you start. It does matter how you start. But what's important is how you finish. Amen? I agree and I disagree with that because... If you don't prepare and if you don't start well, it can absolutely impact how you finish. And remember, I'm talking Iron Man, but I'm really talking to you about your faith and your walk of faith. How you start has a lot to do with how uh, you finish, uh, and it just is all there is to it. Of course, it's not, uh, I get it, that saying of it's not how you begin and how you start. I get that. So today I want to talk to you about that because it's important that in our faith 
that we walk as overcomers. You know, in Revelation, it says eight times, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes. Who overcomes? It's important that we have that mindset of uh, of being an overcomer. And however you reflect on this message today, you may reflect on it as a future Ironman. If you're an Ironman this morning, I, I got to tell you, you're way late for the race. You need to take <laughs> off right right now. Um, you may reflect on it in life, in your marriage, in raising kids. Uh, you may uh, reflect on it just in your walk of faith. I, I want to begin by saying this. It's vital that you keep your eye on the prize. It's vital that you have vision and dream and you have a goal set before you. Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Would you say this with me? Upward call? I want you to look at every, how many of you know that every little word in the Bible is very, very important? It's the living word of God of God. That upward right there, it means toward a higher place or a level, higher place or a level. He wants us to keep our heads up. He wants us to keep our eyes up. I want you to turn with me this morning to Zechariah 4, 6 through 9. I hope you have your Bibles. If you don't, I hope that you would right now repent. <laughs> what does repent mean, J.O.? It means to change your mind. That you would change your mind and you would pack your Bibles everywhere you go. I've got it on my iPad. I've got it on my iPhone. I've got them everywhere. And I'm not just talking about as a lucky charm. I'm talking about you read it so you have it so that you can read it. So that you can turn to it. The Word of God. Zechariah 4, 6 through 9 because uh, I'm going to share a little bit on part of the scripture and then bounce around. So I need you to follow me this morning. The temple foundation has been laid. So many Christians use this scripture and I wonder, do they even know the context? I don't know if I was aware of it until I jumped in. I wasn't aware of it until I jumped in and began to study this. Because I heard this, this scripture used over and over and over Understand the context of the scripture today. The, the temple foundation had been laid, but there was challenges and, and there was delays and, and, uh, and there was uh, 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 some, some obstacles of getting the temple done. So the prophet comes to King Zerubbabel, and this is the word of God that he speaks to him. So he answered and said to him, this is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Um, how many of you have ever built a house or been part of a building program or anything like that? If you have, just raise your hand. Build a house. I built a house in Ridgefield, and you can realize real quick how King Zerubbabel would get discouraged. If you build a house, you know that it usually takes longer than you plan. It costs more than you plan. You de deal with subs and you deal with changes and upgrades and downgrades and all that. So it can be very, very challenging. And all of a sudden you find out that your might and power only go so far. Have you, has anybody realized that other than me? That your might and power only go so far? How many of you realize that? I got news for you. If you haven't realized it, you will. 
Okay, all you need to do is volunteer at Ironman today down in the, uh, we volunteer from 2 to 6 today, and all you got to do is just watch those running about the second uh, lap. You want, you, would you like to have a gel or a juice or? No. Now some of them just cruise through, but most of them don't. Most of them are way delayed. I don't know what Iron Men do to your brain, but it's just like delayed. And uh, they're not always delayed. It's just like after you've been running and riding for, you know, for hours and hours and hours, it really has an impact. Now, all of them's not delayed, but some of them are quite funny. It's like, wow, did you see that one? <laughs> and you just cheer them on. You know what I'm saying? We're there as cheerleaders. So, uh, uh, we, you know, your might and your power runs out, and we've learned that we do our best, and we have a saying around here, we do our best and let God do the rest. But what's so beautiful is that there's the Spirit of the living God. If you're a believer today, He dwells inside of you. There is an unstoppable power source, a resource inside of you that is unlimited that you can tap into. I was telling those Iron Men last night, man, you get a scripture tonight, you get a scripture, you meditate on it tomorrow, man, you pray, you pray in the Spirit. I tell you what, you can tap into the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. The Bible says that Spirit is even able to, to quicken your mortal bodies. So I love that this uh, uh, prophet came and said, hey, it's by the Spirit of the living God. And then it goes on to say, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Unless you just meditate on Scripture sometimes, you can go through the very, very highlighted Christian-y ones that you hear around church a lot. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. And then you just, and you run through the rest of them. But this is powerful. Who are you, O great mountain? What is he talking about right there? He's talking about obstacles that you run in, into your life. He's talking about the challenges that they're running into right now when it comes to there's only a foundation laid of this temple. There's delays and, and there's problems. And, and this, this, this prophet is encouraging, who are you, O great mountain? Before his rubble, you will become a plain. He's going to knock the mountains down so that they, they can get these things done they can get the temple built well there's all kinds of mountains that me and you are faced with at least me has anybody ever had trouble in their life before you had trouble some of you, your life is just so peachy it's like yogurt and you know the cream on top and a cherry just living a peachy life come on that's not my life and i know honestly it's not your life we all face trouble because there's a devil out there that wants your heart and the way that he tries to steal your heart is to put obstacles and mountains and trouble in your way. Uh, one thing that uh, hits people uh, probably today in the Iron Man, and maybe you this week, is this thing called discouragement. Anybody ever been discouraged before? Discouragement will come in like a really, really good backstabbing friend. Discouragement will, he, he would just love to ride with you home from work. Just whisper in your ear. Just like, you know, me and my buddy calls it the committee. You just get the committee going on in your, in your brain. Yeah, did you see how your boss talked to you today? And that co-worker, discouragement, that backstabbing friend, he'll come in and begin to talk to you right after an argument. 
Man, all of a sudden the bills start piling up and, and that, that, that backstabbing friend, man, Mr. Discouragement, he loves to sneak in anytime you give him a door. It doesn't matter raising your kids. He just loves to come in and take the courage right out of your heart and right out of your guts. You can't allow discouragement. Well, all of a sudden, Zerubbabel probably is faced with discouragement. This prophet says, who are you? Oh, great mountain? Zerubbabel going to take you down like a plane. And I just love that. With Iron Man, that could be a, a flat tire. That's, a, that's an obstacle when you're running 112 miles or rolling 112 miles. They could get a leg cramp in the last 24 miles, and it can really impact them. Th those are mountains. But, you know, we deal with mountains uh, here day in day life. Uh, is you get a bad report from the doctor. All of a sudden, you get a pink slip from work or, or you have a, a wayward, wayward kid or a, a traumatic event in your life. All those things can be mountains in your life. And Jesus knew that you were going to be faced with mountains. And I just want to challenge you today on it that you wouldn't complain about mountains. You wouldn't whine about mountains, but you would do what Jesus says. Jesus says, speak to the mountain. Listen to the scripture. Mark eleven twenty three through 24 says, For surely I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, would you say that with me, says to this mountain? Yes. Every word, like I said earlier in the Bible, is very important. I hear people sometimes, they'll just be praying over a mountain when God might want you to speak to, he doesn't might want you to speak to the mountain, he wants you to speak to the mountains, the obstacles, the troubles, the things that we're faced in life. He wants you to speak to those mountains. He says, speak to the mountains, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now look at, look at this profound end of this scriptures here. <clears throat> Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you that you will receive them and you will have them. Everyone say faith. faith. That's a J-O-I... I pray and I don't receive them. Well, sometimes I, I think that God says no. Sometimes I think there's a delay. And sometimes i got to be honest with you, I think there might be a problem with our faith. Pastor, you're, you're judging my faith. You, you preach it. You don't have faith? Well, i just tell you what Jesus said. Jesus constantly rebuked his disciples. Why couldn't you cast the demon out? You a little faith? Hey, Peter, why are you drowning in the water right there? You was walking with me all right. Here, come here, boy. You have little faith. So I think sometimes our faith needs to be looked at. I think we need to challenge ourselves in our faith. Because the Bible says you've been given a measure of faith, and your faith can grow. How does it grow, J.O.? Through the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing the Word of God. So I challenge you in your faith, because God wants us to speak to the mountains, um, and I want you to look at this next portion of this scripture. It is absolutely beautiful. It says, and he shall bring forth the capstones. I wish that was up there on my screen. I should have marked those. And he shall bring forth the capstone. That's why you need your Bible, because you need to look at it right now, that portion of scripture. And he shall bring forth a capstone. What is a capstone? Capstone, another word of it, uh, word for capstone is a headstone. And what that represents. Now remember, King Zerubbabel is just at the foundation. You shall bring forth the capstone, the prophet said. What's that represent? It represents the completion. It represented the last thing that they put on. 
It represented the finish line. Why in the world would he say, and you will bring forth the capstone? Because King Zerubbabel needed to keep the goal in, in sight. He needed to keep uh, the vision out in front of him. He needed to keep the purpose out in front of him. He didn't want to focus. I could see King Zerubbabel put the capstone in the royal palace or, or on his desk or, or in his office and, and he kept his eyes on the goal, not just on where they were at at that time. Sometimes you might have a small business and it may have some slumps, man. Don't camp out in the slum. Camp out where God wants to take you. You might be in a marriage right now where you're like, wow, J.O., we ain't even got a good foundation. God might want you to look at the capstone and the future and the goal and the prize. It's so in, in, important that you keep your eye set. That's what, that's what faith is all about. Well, King Zerubbabel, why you, why you got the capstone set here? Man, bro, you're still just in the foundation. And I can just hear King Zerubbabel. Well, let me tell you something. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I do right now. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I do right now. Hey, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I do right now. I'm not going to camp out on the foundation. I'm going to camp out on the finish line. I'm going to camp out on the capstone. That's where we're going. It's going to happen. So why do you want to keep your head down? Come on, lift up your eyes and keep it out on the goal that's set in front of you, keeping your vision, the prize, your sight on the goal. Let me tell you what that does. It releases your faith. People say, I got great faith. What are you going to do with that faith? Do you know how to release your faith? Releasing faith is very, very, very vital. Is that you got this faith inside you, how are you going to step out of the boat? Come on, you keeping that goal, that capstone right in front of you releases faith. I got a scripture in there uh, in my office and put it in there as pretty much as fast as I could when we got in this building. That scripture is a scripture that we planted this church on about eight years ago this coming July. And you know what? I take people in there and I go, you look at that scripture right there? And in, one of that, in that scripture, there's one word. I say, you look at that word? That's what we planted this church on. I keep the capstone out in front of me. I keep the goal out in front of me. I said it first service, I'll say it again. I'm going to get a, popula- a quarter lane population sign and I'm going to put it in my office. I walk in there, I look at that 46,000. 273, whatever it is, that lives in Coeur d'Alene. Why would you do that, J.O.? Because we want to touch every life. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell in Coeur d'Alene and Kootenai County. Come on, I'm going to keep the capstone. I'm going to keep the vision. I'm going to keep most people, they just exist in life. Well, I'm just existing. Got their head down. Just, how you doing today? Oh, not doing good, too good, brother. What's wrong? Ah, everything, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Debbie Downer, Debbie Downer. Come on, you got to lift up your head. Come on, put your eyes on the, on the prize. Come on, come on, come on. You, stay, you keep your head down, stay depressed. Come on, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Put it on the prize. It releases faith in you. You got something to live for. You know what? We had a couple in here last night that just moved here from uh, Rock Castle, Colorado. You know what they moved here for? They moved here for the church. I think it's Rock Castle. Is that what it's called? Castle Rock. Okay, I got it backwards. Castle Rock, Colorado. They moved here for the church. 
a husband and wife, three kids, wonderful family, and we were unloading him on Wednesday afternoon. And all of a sudden, I saw these whiteboards, seven whiteboards with writing all over them. What in the world? Oh yeah, we've had them in our, we've had them for nine months all over our bedroom. It had their vision. It had their goals. It had the, the date that they were going to end up in Coeur d'Alene. Come on. They had seven boards of capstone, of vision, of goals setting right up in their, their room. And then you start unloading that truck and you see Coeur d'Alene and the date that they're going to arrive. And, and wow, how powerful it is to see them come to the finish line. And then they were at church last night and I had the gentleman who was here pray over the Iron Man. Come on. It's powerful to keep the capstone out in front of you. I heard a story this week. There was a couple that couldn't have children, tried and tried, couldn't have children. And one day, uh, the, the dad goes to the post, uh, the box, uh, mailbox or post office, wherever he went to, and he pulled out, and there was a sample of two Huggies, two baby diaper Huggies. He took those baby diaper Huggies and he told his wife, I got a sign from God. I got two baby Huggies here. I got a sign from it. He held on to those baby Huggies. And before you know it, they got a call saying, would you like to adopt two babies? And they adopted those two babies. Those babies now is like 15, 16 years old. And, and your faith be it unto you. I'm not saying that, so that some of you have to go out and get huggies, but some of you need to go get some huggies. You need to get a capstone. You need to have a goal. You need to have a vision. Quit just existing. Come on. Have a goal. Have a, have a reason to live. Listen to this scripture. I love this Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons, did father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Come on. What was, I love father Abraham because he was about faith. Faith. You better believe those iron men out there today, they have the goal. I asked one of them, I asked two last night, what's your capstone for tomorrow? And they gave me their time, what they hoped to finish in it. I'm like, yes. J.O., I could never I, I, I could never imagine doing an Iron Man. Well, you don't never got to worry about it because you're never going to do one. If you can't imagine it, you ain't going to do it. I don't care what, forget Iron Man for a minute. You got to be able to imagine it in your heart. You got to be able to see it, not with these eyes, but with these eyes right here. Eyes of faith! Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For our light affliction. Whatever you're going through today, the Bible says it's a light affliction. That flat tire on that Iron Man, hey, light affliction. That call from the doctor, light affliction. I know it can be a bad report, but the Bible says it's a light affliction. And it says, which is but for a moment. But for a moment. And look at this right here. Everyone say perspective. No, say it with me. Quit frowning at me and say it with me. Perspective. Good, thank you is working for us for a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. You're like, Jail, how in the world is that car not starting work for me? It has everything to do with your perspective. You don't know the woman I'm married to, J.O. You need to get the right perspective. You need to get the right perspective. You don't know that guy. 
You need to get the right perspective. You don't know that wayward kid. You need to get the right, right perspective. Because the Bible said, my Bible says right here, it's working for you. An exceedingly weight of glory. I was in the gym yesterday pumping weights, and I want to let you know I don't go in there and find two pounds and go. <laughs> I don't do that. Two pounds. I'm, I'm wasting my time. I go in there and strain my body. I go up. I don't like to go too heavy these days because I'm almost 50 and I'm just trying to stay in shape. But I tell you what, there's something about putting weight. God puts weight on you so that you can carry the weight so that you can grow spiritually. Come on. And not whine around. And he can put stuff on you and you can be used mightily by God. Hallelujah. Good preaching, J.O. Come on. He does it. Look what it says. Working for you far more exceedingly weight of glory he wants you to be able to carry that and look right here i love this while we do not look <laughs> do not look what is it what what don't we look at at the things which are seen don't just look at that flat tire don't just look at that broken marriage right now come on god wants to give you eyes of faith uh, it goes on to say but at the things which are not seen. God wants to, you to be able to see from here. See that marriage restored. See that young person walking with God. See your small business completely changed. See you healthy and in shape again. Come on, there's something powerful about being, being able to see with eyes of faith. Now you can say, well, Jay, I just don't agree with that. Well, if you don't agree with it, you'll probably never experience it because I'm going to tell you there's something to it that's called faith. And the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. I bet you if I asked Chad back there, Chad, what, what kind of car you got that you've been restoring? What year? 1970 Chevelle. Those are sick cars. And I want to tell you right now, he probably picked it up and it was kind of rusty and had some problems with it, whatever. But that's not what he's looking at. He's looking at that Chevelle. You know, he goes out and take the seats out and, and rust off and do, you know, and just go through the motor. And just his wife's like, what are you doing? You, you just spin out there. No, I'm just teasing. But here, but look, look, look. But, 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 but what he sees, what he sees is a, what color are you going to paint it? Five colors. It's going to, what he sees is that car completely shiny chrome come on he sees it in his eyes and one day chad's gonna pull up here to church in it I'm, I'm just saying have a capstone have a vision in your life look here you got to look the bible says next scripture says with shouts of grace grace to it shouts of grace grace that's what we prayed over the Iron Man last night. Grace, grace, a prayer of faith, a prayer of favor over their life. Do you know that if you're born again here today, the unmerited favor of God's upon your life? Unmerited favor. Come on, have faith to receive that today. Unmerited. I'm not just talking about the day that you got born again. I'm talking about every day. God wants to give you unmerited favor. Grace, grace. I love this next part of the scripture. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid, look, look, listen to every word, has laid the foundation of the temple. His hands shall also finish it. The things that God has planned for you, he wants to help you finish it. 
He's not just the alpha. He's also the omega of your faith. Listen to Philippians. Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Come on. He wants to finish it. It's vital for me and you to keep our eye on the finish line, to keep our head and our eyes up, looking at the completion, looking at the capstone, the headstone. Some of you you need to get a headstone. You need to get a capstone. Look at the powerful, strong words of the wisest man that's ever walked on earth. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, where there's no capstone, where there's no finish line, where you have no goals, you have no purpose. Look what the Bible says. The people perish. Look at, look at me today. In a group setting this size, there's people in here that, man, you've never had it for your, your family, for your personal life, for the future. I had a woman come up to me second service or between, we have so many services now, I just got to get mixed up with them. Between the last service and this service, and she was just telling me of how she's going to go home that she felt like that's what's been missing. She's going to go home and begin to write out purpose and, and goal. I challenge you to the max. If you've never done that, to do that, write the capstone down. I told those Ironmen, here we are eating last night at a restaurant, and my wife writes down the capstone, their, their, finish, their finish time, what they were going for. You would be amazed that when you do that, like the Bible shares with us to do out of the book of Habakkuk, that when you do that, you see it come to pass in your life. And then you talking about releasing faith, you go, wow, God is good. He's so faithful. You know, I remember when this church was like 12 people. 12 people, and I felt like the Lord told me, you go after a tithe of this city. You go after it. You see, come on, you preach I never preach like there's two people here. I want to preach like there's thousands. Why? Because we're going after a tithe of the city. Capstone! Come on, people are dying and going to hell. Come on, they need Jesus Christ. Amen? Are you with me on that? Am I talking to the right people? Wow, that's so vital that I'm talking to the right people. Because we're to, we're to reach our city. Come on, where there, there is no vision, people perish listen to this quote living on purpose is the only way to live everything else is just existing rick warren ladies and gentlemen i didn't come here just to exist and i don't expect you to do the same thing you got to have the capstone out in front of you let me finish with uh just a couple of scriptures here with this today elijah had just finished a great victory 450 prophets in one person one against 450 and all of a sudden there's a competition that goes on and look what elijah does elijah calls fire down from heaven proves that those 450 prophets were false he has them slayed and then he gets a note he gets a message from jezebel and jezebel is ticked off because you don't slay my prophets and Jezebel says this in the message. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if 
I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And the Bible says that Elijah, this man of God, who just combated 450 prophets, runs for his life. Runs for his life. Man, the guy just runs out in the middle of the desert, wilderness, and look what the Bible says. But he himself went a day's journey to the wilderness, and he came and sat down underneath a tree. And he prayed that he might die, and he said, it is enough. It's enough. I've had enough of this marriage. I've had enough of, of this Jezebel running out. I've had enough of riding this bike in, in the Coeur d'Alene Ironman. I've had enough of this small business. I've had enough with this kid. I, he's just freaking out going, it's enough. Has anybody ever had a day where they've said it's enough? Oh, some of y'all ain't telling me the truth today. That's all right. I've had days like that. It's enough. I've definitely had those days. And I want to remind you when you have those days where you say it's enough, what do you do? Keep your eye. Um, see what happens in an iron man is they have this hyper announcer oh there's bill he's taking off and he's swimming and he's back in the shore and everyone's excited at the very beginning and then he's two miles swimming he's like wow where's all the cheerleaders and then he's 72 on the bike wow i'm dying out here yo and then he's mile 17 on the run he's like whoa it's enough because you know what? He can't see the exciting beginning, starting line. He can't see the stretch on Sherman, the finish line. And you get disillusioned. If you're disillusioned today, if you're somewhere mile marker 72, and all of a sudden you got a bad report from the doctor, I'm here to tell you, keep your eyes on the finish line. I can't see the finish line. Oh, yes, you can with these eyes. Why we do not look at the things which are seen? But the things which are unseen, you get that capstone. You keep that goal out. You run the race. Elijah finds himself in the cave, and all of a sudden God says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Brought him out to the edge, and God wasn't in the, in the wind. He wasn't, he wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the still small voice. And I love that. You know what he told Elijah? Elijah thought he was done. I'm done with I'm it's enough. I'm done with this thing. He said, Go! 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 I'm not done with you yet. I want you to go anoint Jehu. I want you to go and anoint the king of Syria. I want you to go. I ain't finished with you yet. Come on, you got a job to do. And some of you right now, what did Elijah need? He needed another capstone. He needed a vision to run toward. And he went and did that. And oh, one of the prophets he laid hands on was Elisha. And Elijah did double the amount of miracles, double a portion than Elijah did. Why? Because Elijah went after his capstone. He went after the vision. He went after his purpose. Elijah had such an anointing on his life. He was dead, laying in a tomb, and his bones... They threw a guy on top of his bones that had been killed. That guy came back alive. Bam! Miracles. Why? Because that one old Elijah, 
he decided to keep his eyes on the, on the goal, on the, on the finish line. Go, 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 go. Amen? Will you stand to your feet today?